Hi, everyone. Welcome to Women on the Rise podcast. I'm Stacey Tobman, founder and CEO of Rise Collaborative Workspace and Girls Dreaming Big. And I'm Micah Ross, therapist and relationship coach. As two entrepreneurs, we started this podcast because it's what we want to hear. Our goal is to really get to the heart of impressive and inspiring women in business and talk about deal-making, strategy, success, systems, and aha moments, spirituality, balance, creativity, personal growth, meaning, purpose. We're interested in the whole businesswoman. If you've ever wished you could sit down with those women you're inspired by, or maybe jealous of, and ask them how they did it, what it looks like, how it felt, if she ever wanted to quit, what made her cry, and what her number one secret is to managing all that's on her plate, stay tuned. We hope to help you rise more today. Hi, Stacy. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Sounds like you've had a crazy day. I, I really, I... <laughs> okay, no, that so must tell me more. Here's, here's the... So here's here's the deal. I the, Today, I thought... A lot of days, I show up here in my workout clothes because Thursdays are pretty... Thursday mornings are pretty chillax. I work out. I come here and do the interviews. I prep for the interview. And people can't see me on a podcast, so I think I'm going to wear my workout clothes. And then inevitably, we take a picture with our guests, and I'm like, shit, I'm in my workout clothes. <laughs> and so today, I thought I'm going to be really cute, and I'm going to like shower and stuff. <laughs> and have a fabulous outfit on. And so... I also have these three little baby chickens that we got. We have chickens, big chickens that we got two years ago. This is our second round of chickens. That sounds insane. We have a little funny farm in the middle of Kirkwood, Missouri, which is not a farm. It's, it's a suburb of St. Louis, but they allow chickens. So I have these three little babies, and I tried to be, it's so nice here today that I tried to let them outside thinking, I'm going to be a nice chicken mama and let them outside out of their little cage, and I'll just prep for the interviews outside. And then an hour before I had to leave, I go to gather the baby chicks and put them in. Now, our first round of baby chicks that we got two years ago, I could put my arm out, whether they were in their cage or outside, call them, and they would jump on my arm one by one. They seriously thought I was their mother. It was the cutest thing ever. These little bastards run like crazy. I was running up under my ewes. I, I think I still have shrubs in my hair <laughs> for an hour. And no one would come to Trying me. Trying to corral the baby chicks. And so I am literally still sweaty from my workout, but I was like, I'm still wearing the cute outfit. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it is so well put together. It's one of those outfits, I know you guys can't see it, that you know I would never think to put together, but seeing it on somebody, you're like, oh, I need yeah. that outfit. And I was telling you, I'm, I'm, if everybody needs to watch Catastrophe, it's an Amazon Prime show, and I'm dressing like Sharon from now on. I'm changing my style. She mixes and matches things, and she always looks super cute. And you're like, how does she do that? Well, you're anyway. doing it well. Yeah. And I, you fooled me. I'm sorry. With it's been the, a crazy with day. The, with the piece of greenery in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like quite a day. Well, I'm glad you it's made so it today because we have an yeah. awesome guest that I am very excited to chat with. Oh. Yes, I have been. A f I didn't even know I was a fan of our guest <laughs> um, until I realized that a, a part of what she does. So today on Women on the Rise, we have Jessica Rask. Jessica is a director in WT Advisors Transfer Pricing Practice, which I told Jessica, girl, you're you might have to explain that for me. Um, so what does that mean and what does that entail? OK, so. 
our transfer pricing practice also does business valuation. So the okay. easiest way for me to explain transfer pricing is through the concept of business valuation. Got it. So business valuation, you all know, is you go to somebody and you get your business valued, correct? Yeah. Like how much is my company worth? Exactly. So transfer pricing is a much more detailed um, aspect of that that is mainly done for international companies. We'll do it also um, locally because state taxes have started to enter into play more and more in the United States. But in general, it's transfer pricing is if you are dealing in an international company mm -hmm. that has subsidiaries around the world, they have to price their goods and services within their company across a border the same way they would do to sell it to a third party. Oh. So super if, impressive and right. challenging, so, I would imagine. Well, it's just a niche. Right. You know, so it's a niche that I was lucky enough to land in at the age of 22, straight out of college. Nice. And uh, I just sort of grew with it until I left to start my own businesses. Got it. And uh, a couple of years ago, I reached out to some old colleagues of mine on LinkedIn and jumped right back in. So Got it. That's where okay. I am. So have you worked overseas before? Yes. I yeah. lived and worked in Amsterdam for five years. Nice. How do you like Amsterdam? I miss it. You do? I do. Today is King's Day Ooh, what does in that Amsterdam. Mean? So they used to celebrate the Queen's birthday on April 30th. Okay. And so they had a huge internal, you know, celebration, national celebration called Queen's Day for years and years, and since the queen stepped down a few years ago, her son's birthday is April 27th, so now they celebrate King's Day on the, wait, is today the 26th or the uh, 27th? Don't ask me what today Whatever is. day today <laughs> is, it is King's Day awesome. now. And so, or tomorrow, so tonight is King's Night, and they start the celebration on King's Night. Everybody has a day off work tomorrow, it's like their 4th of July-ish, and, uh, they all dress in orange and get on their boats and yeah. ride around and party all day. Really? It's so fun. Parades? And I miss it every Any year. There's parades and there's... I feel like Europe does parades oh, way yeah. better than we do. Definitely. Way, like, I thought that I didn't like parades until I went to a parade in Spain. And I was like, what is this? I love this. And you live in Kirkwood where, Tur where um, they have a parade, Green Tree Parade. Oh, no, it doesn't even compare. No. Okay. No, it's so different. different. That's like kids walking down the street throwing candy at you. Okay. And this is like performances going down the street, like full-on costumes, like numbers. It's... It, I can't even describe it. It's so well put together in a smaller town. Too. There is, so do either of you read David Sedaris? Yeah, yeah, no. he's a great author. He's hilarious, you would like him. You would. He, so he wrote a piece, a short piece called Swarte Pete, or Black Pete. Okay. And if you have ever read that, you will get a concept of what it was like for me the first parade I, I witnessed in Amsterdam. Really? Yes, which um, in hindsight, I. I was so overwhelmed and so I was so confused because Black Pete's are basically elves that come with Sinterklaas, their Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. He arrives on a boat from the south of Spain <laughs> in the end of November with his Black Pete's. But the Black Pete's are all people dressed up in blackface running around. So I was walking through the square oh one of the first weekends I arrived in Holland. I moved in what November. What the heck? And Sinterklaas, St. Nick, Santa Claus, arrived with his Black Pete's, and it was this huge parade, and I'm just standing there as this American not having a clue what's happening and why all these people are running around in blackface. So 
when you get home today, go on YouTube and look up David David Sedaris's Black Pete. I'm looking and it people up. in the industry don't find that offensive. Well, it's becoming more culturally obsolete now. Got it. So there are a couple of stories. One is that they're black because of soot from coming down chimneys chimney. or through the fireplaces. And another is because he's coming from south of Spain, that they're Moroccan slaves. So this has become now right. something that is is they're being confronted with right. more. Yeah. Um, but 10 years ago, wait, 12 years ago when I moved there, it was, I mean, it was... <laughs> It was a shock to my system. I'm sure it would yeah. be a shock. Standing yeah. in the yeah. middle of the square, yeah. like, what is happening all around me? Yeah. I need to go home. Absolutely. <laughs> Holy cow. And so we've gotten off on a tangent. I know. And, that's and, totally. Yeah, and that's okay. That's how we roll. And, you know, what I love about Jessica is that you have this big, you know, business background. You worked for a top four company, or what do they call that? The big four. The big four. Accounting you know, firms. Well, we didn't even dive into that. I just kind of <laughs> know this. That you, <laughs> you know, right out of college, you worked for a big four company and that has had this amazing career and got to work overseas. Yep. And so she has this strong financial background and doing cool things with international business. But then you have this whole other side to you that makes, to me, you that much more fascinating that you have this... That's way more impressive than parades. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just, you have this interesting dichotomy about yourself, which I think a lot of our listeners, you feel like if I have one side, I have to, you know, if I have multiple interests, I can't pursue them all. Pick one. Pick one. And so I love that you have multiple interests. And that's how you were a fan of hers before you met her. Yeah. It wasn't the WTP company. I... Jessica owns St. Louis Juice Press, and I have been enjoying her juice at the Clover and the Bee in Webster Groves with champagne (laughs) regularly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's delicious. The ginger, what is it? No, grapefruit grapefruit ginger mint is, it's, I... It makes me speechless. <laughs> I, I love like to it hear that. so much. And so, yeah, I saw a picture of your juice at Rise, and I thought, this has to be the same grapefruit ginger mint that I drank at Clover and the Bee. Now, you need to tell the people at Clover and the Bee to be a little bit better at marketing you, because when I ask them, where does this juice come from, they say, some lady makes it. We are working on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are labels sitting at my print shop, shop right now that I'm supposed to pick up so that I can deliver them to the Clover and the Bee, and they can start putting our stickers on the cups Perfect. so that everybody knows where it comes from. So <laughs> you own both this uh, financial company that does valuation and other things that I still only half understand and a juice company. So I would love for you to share with the listeners how these two things well, came about. Or do and you have she has run two yoga schools, one in Chicago too. and one here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just... I have so many questions about this. Um, so, so because it's, you're not the only one. Yeah, I, I mean, not that it doesn't make sense to me. I think it does make sense to me. Okay, and so at your day job, are you the owner of that company? So the way that's set up, it's kind of like a franchise. Okay, are you, you talking about the juice company or for WTP the WTP? Okay, advisors. So, the way that works is most of us have worked for a big four in the past, mm-hmm. and. Um, found that just the, the culture and the environment wasn't really for us. Right. So long before I stepped back into the picture at WTP, a group of, of people put together this WTP advisors. And we all work under the same name, the same umbrella, mm-hmm. and we help each other out and we'll bill internally. I see. But I have my own book. Got so it. I'm in the process of building that up my own That was one of my book. questions. How does, like, how does W... I'm reading your bio and I'm thinking, how does WTP feel about you 
blowing up the St. Louis juice community <laughs> on the side. <laughs> you know, but it sounds like one thing it's doesn't a different affect another. That, right. Right. And also it, it gives you the opportunity to communicate with other business owners that you're trying to help and coach and consult with that you know where they're coming from because you oh. have these two. So we just finished evaluation yeah. last week and I was able to say to the client, you know, they were on the buying end of a transaction. They were going to buy another company and we were sort of coaching them through their discussions with the owner. And I said, well, when I sold one of, to digress back to the yoga schools, right. when I sold that school, it was very emotional for me. Yeah. So, it's you know, like your baby. You your yeah, it's your baby. your baby. So sure. of course you're going to think it's worth more than it probably is. And of course you're not going to like what the seller is coming to the table with, but you know, so if you can keep that in mind when you're speaking to the seller, you'll probably have a more successful negotiation. So to be wow. able to speak okay. with people from the sense of I'm not just a consultant, I've actually done this. Mm -hmm. I've sold a business and I've shut a business down. Yeah, yeah and I, I have the, the the privilege of already knowing a lot of her story, and I think that a lot of this will pull together. I loved hearing how you went yeah. from big four to where you are today, and so I think our listeners will benefit, and I think it will help with some of the questions, too. Right. So you graduate yeah. college, you're with this big four, you move to Amsterdam, and then... I started doing yoga on my lunch hour, which I still do. If you ever see me coming back with flushed face and sweaty... It's because I was at yoga. Are you coming on Monday? <laughs> We're doing yoga here on Monday in the classroom. I don't know if I'm going to come Monday night because okay. I'm turning 40 on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who might not have been able to hear that, she's turning 39 for the second time. <laughs> on Tuesday. On Tuesday. So I don't know what next week is going to hold for me. But yeah, fair I, I have some deadlines on April 30th that are hard, and I want to get them finished. So yeah. I'm going to work all weekend and take Tuesday off. Makes sense. So I might not make it Monday night. Fair enough. But so you started yeah. doing yoga. So I started doing yoga on my lunch hour. I fell, I just fell absolutely in love with it. It was great for me physically, mentally, emotionally. And um, working in Holland, I had left the big four. I was working for a Dutch consulting firm at that point. And they invited me to become a partner. And that was great. I was 28. I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But let me take two months off. I'm going to go do a yoga teacher training and, you know, just get my bearings and then I'll come back and buy into the partnership. Well, I never went back to work, <laughs> quote, to work. So I left my consulting job and just started teaching yoga, recognized that that wasn't going to last financially for a very long time. Yeah. You know, luckily I had Where it. are you in the world at this point? I'm still in Amsterdam. Yeah. So I was running out of my financial cushion a little bit, and I thought, you know, it's about time for me to move back to the States. I miss my family. My, one of my brothers and one of my sisters got married over that summer before I moved, and I thought, now's the time. Why don't I move back, and I'll open a yoga school. So I moved to Chicago, which is where I had left from. So I mm -hmm. started my career in Chicago, went to Amsterdam, returned, opened a yoga school, then thought... In 2011, I was like, okay, now I still feel far from home. I want to move back to St. Louis. Yeah. Instead of selling my school right then at that point, I thought, I'll just expand and open a whole other school in St. Louis. Not the best idea. <laughs> um, and it can be, but for me, my yoga schools were community places. I needed to, I wanted to know everyone that was yeah. coming in and out. So when I would go back to the Chicago school, 
I knew less faces, you know, I wasn't as connected with the students and sure. it just didn't feel right to me. So, you know, there's a lot of places now that they're more corporate centered yep. exercise places and mm -hmm. that just, it wasn't a good fit for me as an owner. Got it. So I sold the Chicago school, focused on my St. Louis one. We had some events occur with writing and whatnot that just I never really recovered from. Mm. And so I decided to Say that to again, events with what? Rioting. The riots on Grand oh. really uh, affected the that. I, yeah. When, and that when, when was that? That was, that was in 2014, I want to uh, say. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I sort of blacked it out. But that was the same time. So one of the reasons that was so hard for me financially was I had just bought the juicer. Oh. So I just, you know, I, I paid my loans off for the two schools, and I thought, what am I going to do next? <laughs> I have this captive audience. You know, I have this captive audience. I had a room sure. that I wasn't using. My dad's a plumber. Right. Turn right. it into a juicery. Let's just have a juice bar. So <laughs> I started the juice, but the equipment was $10,000 on its own, just the juicer, wow. plus the rest of the investment. That makes so my Jack LaLanne juicer look pretty does. shabby. Yeah. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars. Yeah, just for the the juicer. Okay. Now I know why the juice is so good. Yeah. <laughs> you get what you pay for. You do. Yeah. You do. Um, but you know, making that investment and then having the school shut down effectively for about a week. Right. Right. Right, right. around the time that you're supposed to be getting all your new students in for the next year, because it was November, so that whole first quarter was sort of broken, and oh. then. You know, I didn't have the yoga students to drink the juice, and it just sort of snowballed. Right. So I probably could have saved it in the end, but I was having trouble with my landlord negotiating a new lease and just decided it was time to cut the cord Got it. and move on. And wow. so you've been focusing on the, the juice side of things right. since then. Right. So that, that whole summer before, God, not even the summer, the whole year before I decided to move on from the yoga, I was doing everything. I mean, I was waitressing. I w anything I could do to pay bills I was right. doing. And then I thought, why am I doing this? Why don't I go on LinkedIn and find my old consulting partners? Because <laughs> I, can, I can do that. Like I have those, you know, you yeah. forget sometimes. You have skills right. that you can put back into use or into play. So that's how I got back into consulting again. God, can, you, can you do your consulting from anywhere? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I nice. need a computer, a Wi-Fi connection. Um, ideally, multiple screens, which is we're working going to on be that solved soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, which is beautiful. I mean, we were on vacation last year, and I said I just need one day to go to Starbucks, which is unfortunate to find a Starbucks <laughs> anywhere. I just need one day to go focus on work, and then I can enjoy myself. Right, which is great because you know you're working on vacation, but you can do there that are on worse the beach. places to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so why do it all? Why not, why not just pick one? I love that question. So th I was thinking about this when I drove here today because I felt like you were going to ask me that. <laughs> and, you know, the, the concept of diversifying your portfolio, mm -hmm. well, it's a, just a diversified portfolio. And honestly, with the juice company, I have amazing people that work in it, and I don't really need to be that involved. Yeah. So... It just sort of, e this evolved into, now I own this juice company, and I also am a consultant. Right. So. Well, I feel like, I, I'm, I am assuming, I think, that the, you know, the creation of a business 
there's a lot more creativity involved than being a consultant, or is that wrong? I think that's wrong. Yeah, how so? Um, when you're when you're creating a business, you're creating your own your own vision. When you're consulting, sometimes in with transfer pricing, a lot of it is in the within the parameters of laws. So you're being creative within the laws. Got it. Okay. Um, when it's for a valuation project, creative it might be solutions. Yeah, yeah, creative solutions or even just listening and helping. You know, I've I've found the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur and owning your own businesses is thinking outside of what's right in front of you. Sure. Yeah. So you might think you're being creative, but you're missing this whole big picture that maybe if somebody else looks at it, they could say, absolutely. why aren't you doing this? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I think we get in the weeds as oh, business totally. owners. And so it's kind of fun for you to be able to come in from the outside right. and help people get out of the weeds. And when you were talking, I'm going to nerd out, so excuse <laughs> me for a minute. Um, all I kept thinking about is, I wonder what her Myers-Briggs is, because I'm, oh, I'm guessing I it's an it's INT. multiple. Well, here's what I'm <laughs> wondering, because to the question of why do you do you know, all these things, why don't you pick one, I'm curious if it's, I'm sure there's a business financial piece to it, but I'm curious if it also is just, I enjoy lots of different ideas and moving parts. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah. I, mean, I I could probably live anywhere in the world, like mm -hmm. pick a place and set me down and I would figure out how to have fun there. Mm -hmm. um, I I have a lot of different interests and I don't sort of look at those and say, well, I'm interested in that, but I'd never be good at it. So right. why pursue it? And I think that's an important message because I, like we said earlier, I don't know if it was on, on or off today. today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My brain's a little bit fried today, but you know that you don't have to pick. I right. think that saying that over and over and over is so important because I think young people get this message that you have to pick. Well, which thing am I going to pursue? You know, we have a, a high school girl that's being mentored who loves biology and photography, right? And it's like those feel like completely separate things, and most people would tell her pick. But right. But you don't have to. You can do something either that incorporates both of them or have two separate things going on. So yeah. I love that you do that and you're modeling that for young people that you don't have to choose. Well, think about it this way. If it only takes an hour a day to invest time, if you want to become an expert at something, they say it's like an hour a day for two years. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Oh, I thought it was, I have a different definition. Do you? Yeah. I, uh, expertise, long time ago, I heard Isn't it, like it was hours? 15 years oh. or something. Um, 10 to 15. I could be wrong, though. I don't know. An hour a day. I had heard somewhere about something about 500 hours, which would almost We're match with your... Yeah. yeah. Somebody Google it. <laughs> yeah, I've always... <laughs> Too bad that you can't call in with answers. Or 10,000 hours. That's what it is. 10,000 10, hours. Yeah. So yeah, I was yeah, a little yeah. off there. But if you want to be good at more than one thing, then just take an hour a day for each thing and devote some time to it and learn about it and explore it. And there's no reason that you can't be a biologist and a photographer. Right. You know, take a hobby. Maybe your photography is your your offset from being in the lab all week and you go on the weekends and study photography. Mm -hmm. And then maybe your photography career can help you if you lose your job or something. Mm -hmm. Right. You know. Well, and I think that um, so for people who are in corporate America who are listening, I think that that's you know, I think I think I, I can hear them thinking <laughs> <laughs> like, well, how the F am I supposed to do that? Like, how am I supposed to do that on the side? And 
Um, and I have kids and I'm married and well, all those things. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I think that's why one of my questions was, how does your company feel about you running this other business? Because I was thinking that it was, you know, kind of a different setup. Right. Because a lot of corporations would really frown upon their employees doing something else and knowing yeah. about it. And if somebody very close to me, I'm not allowed to talk about, um, does this very thing. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs starting something really big have to do something else for a while while it's ramping up. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, part of it is just taking a leap of faith and knowing that, you know, I'm very lucky in that my parents placed priority on education for us. They, you know, I grew up in the city, so my parents paid the money for us to go to school, and that was hard for them. But, you know, once, once it was college time, it was now you're on your own. Right. And even that, for me, was a leap of faith and sort of came out of stubbornness because... Everyone told me, you shouldn't go to Michigan. You can't pay for it. It's too expensive. And I'm still paying for that. <laughs> Turning 40 on Tuesday, I'm still paying for that. But it opened up all these doors for me. Yeah, that's one of my questions. Um, do you feel like business school prepared you for business? Yes and no. Yeah. Um, it definitely, I, I think it's interesting that some of the things that I'm doing now were my harder courses in business. Oh, that's interesting. So in in Michigan's business school is basically set up as an undergraduate. You're going through the master's program, but you graduate with a bachelor's. Got it. Um, so it's the same school, same teachers. You know, we're intermixed with them, if you will. Right. Or at least it, that's how it used to be. I don't, I don't know how <laughs> it is now. Um, so you're getting this great broad education, but when you enter at junior year, you, like, you're, you're out of the literature, science, and arts college. Yep. You are in the business school. So you take all the courses that you need, but you don't really know how to apply them yet because you're still in school. Got it. So it just feels like a bunch of theory. Correct. Mm -hmm. So now some of the things like finance, that was really, those courses were really hard for me. Mm -hmm. And now I'm basically analyzing financial statements a lot. Right. So I've gained strengths and things, concepts that I learned in university apply now and I understand them better because I'm applying them. Right. than just learning them in a book. Yeah. Um, but I think that when I went to business school, it basically just gave me a bigger picture of what business was about. And some of those skills applied very well to being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. and some of them didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Would you, if, if there's a high school student thinking about going to business school or just opening up her own business, would you encourage her to do business school? Ooh, that's a good question. I would encourage her, like, straight out of high school or... Yeah. Straight out of high school, I would say it would be wiser probably to find a mentor. Um, somebody who has been in business for a long time that's seen the ups and downs and knows how to make a budget. And, you know, you can make a business plan, and I can guarantee you that it's never going to go the way you think it's going to. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. So yeah. it's useful to think those things through. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the challenges that come up will never be in your business plan. No, because you just don't know what you don't know. Right. Yeah, and that's a great plug. I can't resist that in the next school year, we're launching a full-on mentor program for high school girls. Yeah. Which is amazing. So you might and just have to even, mentor a high school yeah, girl. Yeah, I would love it. But not even just to open a business, but how do I navigate college and careers and what do I want to do? I mean, it's just that there's so much ahead that's mm -hmm. awesome and amazing. And you just, 
I don't even know. I don't no. even know. Well, I'm like yeah. tripping over my no. words because I'm thinking like somebody said, oh, it's the last 10 days of school for kids, like seniors in mm-hmm. high school right now. And I thought, what was I thinking? Like, did you do anything those last 10 days of school? What was happening? High school seniors tend to be a little terrified right now because like all year they've been, you know, wishing for it to be over and saying, I'm so done with school. But then then the reality of, holy cow, my high school career is coming to end. It's terrifying. No, I was really just done. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) Micah's like, no, you're wrong. I was just done. I was really just done. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. It's definitely both. Uh, So so talking about mentorships um, and, and you consulting for other people in their businesses, who... Who mentors you or who consults you? Um, right now, I don't have anyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can definitely solve that yeah. here, right? Collaborative. I know we can. <laughs> no, I mean, in general, I'd say some of my, my colleagues, the people that I work with the most, especially because I had been out of consulting for so long, yeah. that in that regard, you know, they're very helpful with helping me to step back into the fold. Mm-hmm. You know, it took, it took about a year for me to get comfortable again. Yeah. asking questions and I I'm very type a so I feel like I shouldn't I shouldn't be answering questions if I don't know the answer if I'm not the expert per mm-hmm. se but you know it's okay to say I need to ask someone else yeah I have to remind myself that a lot and so the people that I'm working with again have really helped to get me comfortable in a field where I needed to do a little bit of catch-up to relearn the laws or figure out what happened over the last 10 years when I was teaching yoga. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so you have been doing all these different things and have had this interesting life. Um, How do you juggle personal and professional? I know you have quite a large family. I have a very I was lucky enough to meet one of your cousins, who I'm very excited to have met. Oh, yeah, Kate. I was like, my cousins? (laughs) You met my cousins? (laughs) Who have you met of my Um, family? It's... It's actually easier now that I have the juice bar and the consulting. It was much harder when I had the yoga schools because those are off hours. Right. When right. you have a service business, you yep. work when no one else does. Mm-hmm. So the concept of four day, three day weekends, it's three day weekend Memorial Day is coming up. I'm like, yeah, for who? Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, that's a good point with service companies. Yeah, you, that means an extra. A big weekend. Right. So I worked mainly in evenings or super early mornings and weekends. And now I'm trying to not work weekends anymore. It's harder with the juice company. But like I said, I have these amazing people that run it. And I, I'm i not there unless it's an emergency anymore, really. Yeah. So. Yeah. So why juice? And what's hmm. different about your juice? So the juice came... If you have traveled anywhere not in the Midwest, except Chicago, you'll find cold-pressed juice everywhere. Mm -hmm. And cold-pressed juice is basically all of the nutrients from the fruits and vegetables without heating it up. So it's still a raw living food, like eating a salad. Your body just doesn't have to put the energy into digesting the actual solid food. The chewing and all that. Yeah, the chewing, the figuring out what's in your stomach, starting to break it down. It's just a nutrient immediately. Um, I was introduced to juicing by my yoga mentor. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the times that I felt absolutely the best were when I was just drinking juice and doing yoga. Yeah. And there was very little food involved. So So you can use these juices as almost a meal replacement? You can, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So There's a whole documentary on it. I watched it. On Netflix. 
Fat, sick, and nearly dead? Yes. What's it called? Sick and nearly dead. Fat, sick, and nearly dead. Yeah. Okay. And have you seen it? I have. What's your takeaway? I agree. (laughs) But I really like food, too. And food's so communal. So I'm trying now to find more of a balance between, you know, juice and getting my nutrients in certain ways and, you know, being communal because it's hard to be vegan and go out to dinner. It's hard to go to family events and bring your jug of juice. Like, Hi, I'm here. I mean, you can do it. I know people who are like very, very strict, raw, vegan juice people. And that's fine for them, but it's not for everyone. Sure. Yeah, there's a part you know. of it that I feel like is isolating or can be isolating. Yeah, and it, unless sometimes it's more isolating to the other people mm-hmm. because they want to make you feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. But you're, you have to remind them that you are comfortable. Right. They don't have to make anything special for you or, you know, sometimes it's just more the other people projecting yep. onto you. So, but I really like food. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm trying not to, you know, I, I, it's great for me for a time and place. Like I have juice for breakfast every day. Yeah. A lot of times I'll have it for lunch. If I really am starting to feel tired, I'll just juice for a day and try and reset. But, um, I opened the juice bar because I had the yoga school. I had the students. I had, yeah. you know, I had my audience. Yep. And I loved juice, but I hated juicing. I hated cleaning yeah. it. I hated preparing. You know, it just know, it right? took so much time. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'll just start a juice company. That's why my Jack LaLanne juicer is currently on Kirkwood Swap and Sell. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to do all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I can take pulp. So I've done experiments where I've taken pulp from a Jack LaLanne or there's a um, that's a centrifugal juicer. Okay. There's also masticating juicers that look like gears, sort of, and they just squeeze everything through. Yeah. I can take a pulp from either one of those and put them in our cold press and squeeze Get juice out. Get like, Definitely. Two really? more glasses of juice. Totally. Why is that? Um, it's uh, the ten thousand dollars. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> I was thinking in my head, why is it so expensive? Yeah. I no. I know. I put so much produce into my juice. Yeah. I mean, I did put so much produce in my juicer, and I'd, what would come out? It would be so sad. I know. Yeah. 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 So, what's the future? I mean, what do you want to do with this juice company and well, or your valuation company? That's part of the reason that I I found Rise because I have been working from home, and I just was really feeling like I was in a rut at home both for the valuation side and the juice side. I haven't, there's so much potential on the juice side that I haven't tapped just because I haven't put any time into it. I wasn't working efficiently anymore. Mm -hmm. So now I'm starting to work more efficiently again and identify how can I get the juice company to grow still without tons of my involvement because it's not my passion. I don't, you know, I don't, I love juice, but I'm not going to be the one that's trying all the recipes. I'm not a cook. I'm not a baker. I'm not you know. <laughs> a food scientist. No, I just think it tastes good, and I know it's really good for me. So yeah. I need to find more people to help with the growth Got it. part of it. And so that's sort of where I'm looking for that right now. Um, and then also just finding good people to work. I had somebody – we hired somebody – she worked for two weeks, went on vacation. One of my main people went on vacation, and this girl never came back. So the people like, side oh, of business oh, is gosh. so hard. It's so hard. Well, and, you know, em- employees are hard. That part, I loved all my yoga teachers. I did not miss having employees when I closed my schools down. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't. Yeah. It's, it's the tough. hardest part. It, it is. is. 
And then consulting, I'm just, I mean, I'm learning new things. I'm starting to make new contacts again. I'm super excited to be helping people. And yeah. And so who's an ideal client for you um, for, at WTP? Oh, that's hard. I mean, that's hard because we, we do anything from Fortune 50. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got some clients where I will never bring their information anywhere other than my house or that office when I can lock the door in it. Right. Because it's a big deal. And then, you know, we've got $300,000, $400,000 revenue companies. And they're equally fun to work for. Sure. Because the bigger ones, you're like, wow, they're so big, and this is amazing. They hired me. Yeah. And then the smaller ones, it's like, let me help you grow into one of those. You know, Got what it. can we do? What can we do to help you take the next step? And sometimes those conversations are hard. You know, sometimes if people want to sell their business and it's not worth very much, that's a hard conversation to have. Mm-hmm. But it can be, how do I get to where it is saleable? Right. Does what you do also play a role in people who are, let's say, like looking for investors? Yeah. Yeah. So anybody looking for an investor, you need to know what your share price is. Sure. Mm -hmm. And if it's not where you want it to be, you need to know why and how do you get it there. Right. And what I think is interesting, being able to look at companies like Fortune 50 and then also $300,000 companies and everything in between, you really have quite a perspective of what's going on. You know, right. for me, having just started a company, I, I know my company and that's really it. And I've always thought it'd be so interesting to be able to see behind the curtain of all these other mm-hmm. companies. Right. So I bet you have such an interesting perspective. And I'm wondering, what do you think are some of the things business owners do that if they had more of the bird's eye view that you have, that would help them for more success. Like selfishly, I want to know how do I become more successful and learn, <laughs> gleam some knowledge off of you because of your perspective. You're in some ways a fly in the wall of all these different companies. Right. I'd say part of it is recognizing your own your own personal strengths, but also what would happen to your company if you weren't there. Oh gosh, I so hear that question. I hear that all the time, and I don't have a good answer. It's the key person. It's the key person aspect of it. So if you weren't there, how good have you been at teaching people how to run your company for you? Because the more you grow, the less involved you can be. You can't be involved in everything. Sure. You have to find the right people. And whether the answer to that is giving them profit sharing or giving them ownership in shares or, you know, there can be many different answers. It depends on you and the people who work for you. But what would happen if you weren't there? And that was one thing, you know, when I when I left my Chicago school to open my St. Louis school, I spent a few months just removing myself from the picture and making sure that it could run. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest, there are other people running your company and they're never going to be as invested in it as you are unless sure. they have some sort of ownership. Sure. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I'm lucky I have great people here. I couldn't do this without Kate or Ryan, but uh, it is hard to think about taking yourself out and what does that look like. Right. Because, you know, I'm the one that will stay up all night long <laughs> obsessing about the stupidest details <laughs> or the important Which details, Which you I need, say. we've all learned that you need to stop that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's I Jessica's advice for you. Do. Stop it. And I need to drink more juice and stay away from a lot of Less others. Less black coffee. I know. <laughs> I've learned the hard way that black coffee and a bunch of Advil and Aleve are a recipe for ulcers. So You need the real juice, though. You need, like, green juice, cucumber, okay. spinach, celery, not the grapefruit. Okay. I'll Champagne bother juice. you about that yeah. here off, <laughs> offline. Yeah, don't uh, don't drink my juice. You need to read the E Myth <laughs> and the ten, 
10 hour work week or four two? hour four, four hour, hour work four week. Hour so I've work read the four week, hour yeah. work week and I've heard of the e myth, but I haven't read it yet. People preach like people love that. Have you I read it? it? Yeah. Why do you? What is it about that book? Um, what, wait, what is it? The e myth. It's just a book for entrepreneurs that mm-hmm. helps you learn how to take yourself out of your business. Cool. So the, it's helped me for sure with the juice business mm-hmm. because the concept is. If you have a system and you know your system works, write your system down and make sure everyone knows it. Yeah. And then you don't have to be there. But what if your brain doesn't think like that? Like, doesn't understand? I am terrible at coming up with systems. Like, I know how to get stuff done because I know how to get stuff done. But it's not that there's a, that I personally have a system in mind that I follow, if that makes any sense. So sitting down and writing out a system would be like poking my eyes out. I mean, that's why I've hired Ryan and Kate are obviously right. good at that. And it might be having having somebody else, who, whomever is here all day, having them create the operations manual for mm-hmm. what they do and or what yeah, you absolutely. do. Um, if it's not your, it's not your thing. Mm-hmm. No, I think I that's lo- so. I love that Jessica mm-hmm. is shaking her head at my business advice. I mean, that's <laughs> so. Like, no, absolutely. And the e myth is. I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people have brought up e myth to me, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. But it, but then yeah. the other part of it too is. Many entrepreneurs, not all, um, maybe struggle with uh, what I struggle with is a little bit of a control freak issue. <laughs> I think you know, because to your if point, if you're going to start a business, you probably have that issue. Yeah, I call it founder's <laughs> disease a little bit of having <laughs> like you know a thousand ideas and not wanting to let go of control of anything. You know, have you seen that? And what do you, what's your take on all that? I mean, I've seen it. I've been through it. I've it's it's sort of like in relationships. Mm. I mean. That's why Mike is here. She's the expert. Micah's (laughs) nodding her head at my relationship (laughs) advice where you have to pick your battles. You know, is it really that important if the pen is here instead of here? (laughs) I laugh because it's a little too telling of who I am. No, but I mean, it's true. It's this is the way I want it to be. So which which pieces are the most important to me? Mm -hmm. If the pen is here and not here, is it going to is my company going to fail? Or is that just something I need to let go of? Right. No, I think that's great advice. So just growing and learning. Yeah, pick your battles. That's definitely... Is that a lesson you teach your clients? Um, no. <laughs> no, it, it is. But I think that when by the time relationships get to a point where you're you're not picking your battles what happens is you start fighting over the most re- like everything is a battle like right. who left the garage light on last night is a battle right um because it's not about it's, the light it's about so many other things right and so it's about shifting what's underneath all of that so that you can't like freeing up the space emotionally to pick your battles but yeah that's the goal sure. this morning my husband did not wipe off the kitchen table and i he was picking up <laughs> And I was doing work on my computer, and I said, are you trying to turn me on right now? Because he's picking up. <laughs> and he said, well, sure. And I said, and I looked up, and I said, well, then this table needs to be wiped off. And I started <laughs> to walk upstairs, and he said, you better get naked. This is going to totally freak your mom out, <laughs> And then I, so I'm assuming the table has been wiped off. I come downstairs after the sexy time. <laughs> the table has not been wiped off. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, that I was got the deal. I, that was I the got deal. out, I got out my phone. Like, really? Like, really? The table isn't wiped off. And I thought, you know what? He picked uh, everything else is picked up. I'm just gonna put my phone back in my pocket. Sometimes and I'm you have not to put the phone away. Put the phone. We don't need to teach him a lesson about that. We had a good day. And I'll just 
cry about it on the podcast. <laughs> I have. <laughs> that he's going to listen to. <laughs> okay, right. Recently, um, Matt's been traveling a lot. Matt is my significant other. He's been traveling for work a lot, and um, Matt is not great. I love you. Not great <laughs> at cleaning up after himself, which is not a battle. I mean, it is a battle, but there there are certain aspects of it that I've just given up on. And there was a there was a weekend where he was in town and he left again Monday morning, and there were like a couple things laying around on the kitchen counter. So I took a picture and I sent it to him. <laughs> Incorrect. <laughs> He was back the following weekend, and I was upstairs. I was laying in bed, and he had taken the dog out or whatever, and my phone starts buzzing. I'm like, what? He's texting me from downstairs. What is he texting me? And he's taking pictures of things that I've left around the house and just sending me pictures that say incorrect underneath them. So, I mean... We battled about we battle about things, but then you have to be able to laugh about them too. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah totally. Well, I feel like we incorrect. Get to, incorrect. <laughs> I'm kind of stealing that, but I was thinking between you two, I have the other end. I'm the one that's making a disaster in our house that my sweet husband takes care of. I am the luckiest girl. <laughs> oh, I'm kind of a disaster. Yeah. Um, anywho. Yes. Well, anywho, we digress. We've got to get to the quick question. Yes, I'm ready. Ma'am. Okay, and. Listeners, the awkward question of sleeper sex is not going to be in today's episode because <laughs> Jessica's mom doesn't want to hear it. So, Jessica, on a walk, podcast or music? Music. Yeah. Morning or night? Both. Yeah? You're both a morning mm. and a night person. Yeah. Okay. Because so if you they're different. Up, they are. But if you stay up super late, you can wake up and get more done? Yeah. Okay. My Unless I've been drinking. Got it. Got it. <laughs> Which brings us to our next question, beer or wine? Wine. Wine or a cocktail made with your juice? <laughs> wine. Got it. Okay. I like my juice for health, not for drinking. Perfect. Okay. Hot yoga or vinyasa? Hot. <sighs> what is your favorite yoga? Is hot yoga your favorite? Yeah. Okay. Oh, nice. Hot yoga is hard for me. It's me hard. Too. I mean, it's hard for everyone <sighs> until you learn how to breathe. And then it's so I just, the amazing. sweat pools in my ears. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, grapefruit, ginger, mint, or cucumber, pineapple? Cucumber, pineapple. Really? I haven't tried that one. Okay. Uh, high heels or flats? It depends on the day. Okay. You like to mix it up. Yeah. Okay. I see a theme here. Night in or night out? Also depends. Yeah. See, I'm so bad at this game because no. you like both. I'm You're malleable. I will do. I will do whatever. I'll go wherever. But honestly, nights out are for special occasions. I'm I'm a homebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. 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 And it just sounds like you like variety. I do. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah, peg. I, I think like she's variety. either ENTP or INTP. I'm still been thinking about this Myers Briggs thing. The, but the um, it's it's the math of the biz, of the business valuations. That's that has the T. Like, that feels like a J thing to me. Does it? But she's so P, I think. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. I'm having a hard time with this microphone because one of my traits in one of those things was that I am perceived oh, yeah. to lean forward in conversations too much. So oh. I've been practicing a lot sitting back. Oh, that's interesting. Trying to not be so yeah. aggressive or whatever that's perceived as and leaning forward. So I've been consciously having trouble with this microphone right now. That is interesting. So you I made my yoga teachers take a survey about my personality. 
Oh, so I love that. what I perceived myself to be versus what they saw me to be. Yeah. yeah. And that whole body Which language piece is a really key component that we yeah. sometimes take for granted. So good for you for like doing a 360, if you will. I was like, what do you mean I lean forward in conversation? <laughs> You're like puffing your chest in their face. <laughs> what do you, what mean? you mean I'm intimidating? <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. Well, it was so fun getting to know you. This was and, great. And now All you'll the be office at. Yes, yeah, we're I'm be getting neighbors. an office. Yes. Yes, so both Micah and now Jessica. Will I just have came in like a tornado two months ago and was like, I need an office. Put me on the wait list. <laughs> yes, and with the wait list, there's all different industries and it's all about creating the diversity in this space. So while she wasn't number one on the wait list in terms of who showed up when, in terms of industries, she was a perfect fit for her, what we were needing yeah, and wanting. We don't have one of these. We don't have one of these. Yes. Perfect. Absolutely. Okay. Um, where, tell people where they can find you. Um, at either your day job or how can they get your juice? So the juice you can find at 4701B South Kings Highway. And we might start carrying it here as well. So you have like a place? Mm 4701B. Okay. It has to be made somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so people can buy it from where it's made. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's not glamorous. Sure. It's probably a little bit bigger than this tiny room. Or the Clover and the Bee in Webster Groves. Or the Clover and the Bee in Webster Groves. (laughs) I'm working on some other places including Rise. Yeah. Can people buy it online? Yes, also okay. online. That's St. STL, wait, stlewisjuice.com, stlewisjuice.com. And for business valuation or your transfer pricing needs, yes. wtpadvisors.com. Or you can always give a ring to rise. I'm usually here. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, we'll put all the links to all of that in our show notes. Um, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you liked it, loved it, were entertained by it, please consider clicking a five-star review for Women on the Rise podcast on iTunes. So you, And subscribe so you never miss an episode. You never know who we're going to be talking to. And Stacy, take it away. Oh, and here I go. <laughs> and if you'd like to learn more about becoming a member here at Rise Collaborative, check us out at riseworkspace.com. And to register for my next free training for busy couples, you can head to www.micahross.com slash registration. And you um, have something coming up, too. Is that full? So you can feel less like roommates. Oh, uh, the thing that I have coming up is Mod Mama's retreat with Kids Explore. They're doing a one-day retreat for moms. It sounds so awesome. I'm, I mean, I'm one of the people that's involved. So, uh, and yoga, all, workouts, I, all kinds of stuff happening there. You should probably get in contact with them. They can start doling out your juice. But yeah, that's coming up on May 11th. Okay. So sign up for that there's a coupon code mod mama for ten dollars off tickets go to my go here's the thing how do you get there how do you get a ticket you don't know um go to my facebook which is uh micah ross therapist and relationship coach on facebook and scroll down and you'll see a post where the link to tickets awesome sorry i cut you off no, about that's your last perfect part. that's perfect okay everyone we hope we have inspired you to rise a little more today bye